Well, welcome everybody. Super excited we get to be together. I am so excited about what God is doing here and all around the world uh, during this kind of a crisis in time. And I love that we get to gather as a church family globally now uh, in an incredible way together, which gets me so excited. The people in Ecuador, hey, you guys, so excited you're on. India, uh, in Europe, uh, also in almost every single state in the United States, and of course, our California people. Uh, We love that we get to be together Happy Easter, happy Easter. By the way, the question, chocolate bunny or peeps? What did you choose? Well, you know what? My wife, Pam, would have chosen peeps. I would choose chocolate, but actually I'm going to get a little twist on it. Chocolate coconut cream egg. Anybody else? The coconut inside the egg, like a a, a Mounds bar, you know, a mega one. Uh, I mean, to me, that's like the best of the best when it comes to Easter. But I love Easter. And I love this Easter. And you may be saying, but wait a minute, this just doesn't feel like Easter. But I want to show you something that might surprise you. What was the very first Easter like? Uh, and we're going to go uh, to right after the, uh, Jesus had died on the cross. He's just resurrected. It's Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday. And more technically, the very first Easter Sunday night. And look what it says in John. It says this in John chapter 20, verse 19. So it was when it was evening that, on that day, the first day of the week, Sunday. And when the doors were shut, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, for fear of the Jews. So what happened on the very first Easter is, is they're inside, they're in a shutdown, a shelter in, and the doors are shut and locked because they have a fear of the Jews. Now the New Testament's written in Greek. So this word fear of the Jews actually in the Greek is coronavirus. <laughs> They were shut inside because of the corona. No, not really. You guys know that's not true. But, but, <laughs> okay. But, but here's the thing that is true. The very first Easter, what happened? They were in shelter in, shut in, and they had fear. A lot of you have that right now. Not everybody, but a lot of you do. A lot of you right now are, are feeling like you're shut in your home. And you have fear because you don't know, am I going to get the disease? You don't know uh, if you're going to have a job. We don't know a lot of things right now. And so you begin to wonder about that. And and, and what do you need in this moment? Because that's how they're feeling. The very first Easter, they were shut in and they had fear. And then it says, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. He actually said, shalom, shalom which means peace be with you or have the peace of God or take my peace upon you. Peace, peace, peace. And right now, no matter how you're feeling, I want you to know Jesus wants you to have shalom. He wants you to have that Easter peace that he brought on that Easter. And that peace drove away fear because that peace caused them to embrace faith and and come into a relationship with him. And it said, when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side that proved he had died and risen from the dead. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, shalom, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. By the way, he came and gave them a new normal. 
he came and gave them a new calling. And, and so that's what they needed. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. <laughs> okay, now, I don't know why, but now I'm, that kind of stands out to me. He breathed on them. Uh, it, it's, you should social distance with anyone and everyone, maybe except Jesus. Don't on this Easter social distance with Jesus. And here's what he did. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And if you're brand new to all this, Christians have something that no one else has. And, and it's only based on what God does. And he gives it as a gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So now we don't operate on our spirit or by our spirit. It's in the Holy Spirit. And he, then he said these incredible words. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. Now, now that was the very, very first Easter. And what happened is Jesus came on that day and stood in their midst at a time of shelter in and fear and said, I want to give you peace. And then they got joy. Uh, and that's what we want for you too. Our goal is for you to experience that because we are living in a time uh, that is so strange. Uh, it's it, there. So just like though right now we're experiencing what they experienced, there may be other times we can look at it and we see things like in the 1970s, there was social distancing going on. People wearing masks, but it was a little bit different. <laughs> social distancing and wearing a mask in public. <laughs> okay, anybody else? Come on, I got to get a laugh out loud. LOL in the chat. Come on, you got to give it to me. That's funny. That's funny. Social distancing and wearing a mask in public since 1978. Uh, by the way, I saw another meme I like. How do you like this one? And just like that, having a mask, rubber gloves, duct tape, plastic sheeting and a rope in your trunk is okay. <laughs> I don't know if you feel it, but uh, I went to the store twice this week and wore my mask and, and you just feel like, isn't it like, do people think I'm going to rob that store or something? But nobody, everyone had a mask on and, and we're walking around and, and it just started thinking, man, things are different and, and things are strange. And, and we're watching the world change. The world change. It's not all bad. Uh, Jeanette, uh, Benson, Jeanette Benson from the University of Copenhagen uh, released a study she just did. And she wanted to know how people are being affected uh, by the coronavirus worldwide. And so what she did is she actually looked at Google searches and there's something being searched for on Google that is trended in a way it never has before. Uh, and so I want to show a chart of that because she just released research on that. And here's what it is. Uh, it's how people are searching for prayer. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, we're seeing uh, the curb, the prayer curb, actually, look at this, uh, is actually mimicking the coronavirus curb. Uh, and so we see that starting March 6th, people started asking, what about prayer? What about prayer? By March 26th, it skyrocketed. By the way, that's when she stopped her study. We're expecting the numbers would go way up here. So, and by the way, I'm hoping we don't have a level off on this. Uh, people praying and praying with intensity and, and wanting to know about prayer and people all over the world, even in the most non-Christian secular nations in the world are asking about prayer. Denmark. Denmark is one of the least religious countries in the world, and it has a marked increase in prayer. And very interesting, whether it's a cause correlation, we don't know. But every time there's 80,000 new cases of coronavirus in the world, Every time there's 80,000 new cases of coronavirus in the world, prayer surges in the search. But you know what I want you to know is Jesus has always wanted you to pray. If you're sitting here and, and kind of thinking, you know what? 
I, I haven't prayed before. Is it okay with God if I pray in a time like this? The answer is yes. Oh my. The answer is yes. He's been waiting for you. He's been wanting you. He's been desiring you. And he would never say to you, now you're praying. He'd say, oh yeah, now. Now you should pray. Now call out to me. Now come to me. And so we need to do that. But I want you to think about why so many people are praying. It's because we live in a world where there's so much unknown. I mean, right now it's the unknown that may be scarier than even the known. Um, This global pandemic has brought change. And so we ask questions like, how will this global pandemic affect us nationally and personally? What is going to happen to the economy is another big question. What does the future hold? What is the new normal going to be? And then there are so many of you who are asking this question. How many times will I have to watch Frozen 2? <laughs> okay, come on. Come on, parents. All right, that, that's another one there. You got to at least laugh with me. I mean, so how, many, how many of you watched that movie over and over again? Uh, and by the way, Pam and I watched it and I loved it. If you haven't seen the movie, though, there's something I want to point out to you. In the movie... In Frozen 2, the main character, Elsa, is hearing a voice calling out to her. So, so it, this voice is calling out to her, and it's a whisper, and she's not sure where it's coming from. Does she listen to it? Does she ignore it? What does she do with it? And then a moment occurs when she realizes she has to take a leap of faith and she can't live in the normal anymore. I think that's so interesting. So she has to actually take a leap of faith, but she's not meant to live in the normal anymore. But what she has to do, get ready for this, is go into the unknown. Go into the unknown with faith. Go into the unknown with courage. Go into the unknown even with a degree of joy. And so she she gathers with other people she can trust and she makes her move into the unknown. But I want to have you think about it. Is there a voice calling out to you uh, right now saying, you know what, go into the unknown with me? Is there a voice moving inside you saying, go into the unknown with me? And, and you know, I want you to think about that and think about the words to this song. Listen to the words. I can hear you, but I won't. A lot of people, I think God is calling. You're going to see that in a minute. But are they going to hear? Or are they going to say, nope, I won't. Some look for, tr- look for trouble while others don't. There's a thousand reasons I should go about my day and ignore your whispers, which I wish would go away. Yeah, I think a lot of you right now, I'm hoping you know God's calling out to you. Elsa was being called in this movie to something more important than her daily routine. And you right now, I want you to know God has something more for you than just the daily routine. And in a world of uncertainty and insecurity, We need to listen to that voice that's calling out to us. You need to listen. I need to listen. We got to do this because deep down inside, there's a whispering. One that you hear or may hear or one, by the way, some of you, that whispers there, but you've gotten really, really good at ignoring it at repressing it or suppressing it. What if you let it out? What if you tune back in? What if you got really good at hearing it? That's what Easter's all about. That's what Jesus came. So we could be in such connection with God that we would actually know his love. We would actually know forgiveness of sin and release from guilt and shame. And and when Jesus died, he not only conquered death, he conquered sin. 
And so it doesn't have to have a part of you anymore. And that sin is what's kept you from hearing God. In Isaiah 59, the Lord says, Behold, my hand is not so short that I cannot save, nor my ear deaf that I cannot hear. He goes, But your sins have made a separation. And Jesus came to end that separation, that, that, that distancing that God wants us to have. And so let me tell you this. God is and speaking to you. I know that. And God has been speaking to you. I know that. Have we been listening? Job chapter 33 says this. It says, indeed, God speaks once or twice, yet no one notices. So that voice, that whispers calling, do you notice? Because I promise you it's there. I promise you it's there. And in John chapter 10, Jesus said something I love. Jesus said, my sheep and those who are commit their life to him, he's our shepherd and we are his sheep. The one, and when the shepherd has sheep, he knows the sheep by name and he cares for them and loves them, protects them, provides for them. Some of you need that right now. And it says that Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. We're going to talk all about following him. And I give eternal life to them and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. But Jesus said, how do you know you're one of my sheep? You hear my voice. Do you know his voice? Are you listening in? Are, are you not ignoring or suppressing it? When I look back, I wasn't raised a Christian. I, I didn't become a Christian until I was 16 years old. Uh, but prior to that, I remember my, my, we were living in Abilene, Texas. And one night, I'm walking on a true backcountry road. There's nobody out there. It's the middle of the night. It's a full moon. And I'm walking on this road. And I remember how lonely I felt. And then it happened. Somehow, someway, God spoke to me. You know what's wild? I, I, already, I, I knew it was him. I, I somehow, I didn't know everything. I didn't know much, but I knew it was God. And it started stirring and moving and it was so real and so powerful. And in that moment, I wanted to do something, but I didn't know what to do. I wish, you know, someone had come and told me, but I, I remember thinking about it. And then I just let it go away for a while later. It would be a couple more years probably or another year or so before then I would understand that that calling that night was a calling of a God who loved me, of one who loved me so much he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for me. And now today I know him. Now today I know him. I want to ask a question. Did any of you have an experience like that? Do any of you right now, uh, can you look back at a time where somehow you knew God was calling out to you? It was a whisper maybe or a movement in your heart and mind or a presence, but you knew it, you knew it. If, if so, let us know, put it in the chat or, or just right now, you know, I wanna know. Maybe it's current. Maybe it's in this moment. Maybe it's in this season. You know what? C.S. Lewis said something about it. C.S. Lewis said, pain insists on being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Right now in the midst of the coronavirus, I think so many people want to pray because God is shouting, not shouting mad. He's shouting, come. It's not a mean shout. It's a good shout. It's a cry out. Come to me, come to me. And, and he's calling out uh, out of love. And so God does speak to us. Uh, C.S. Lewis, who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, said, I know that's true. I know it's true. He was an atheist. and He said, God surprised me with joy. He went from atheism to a completely, passionately committed 
Christ follower, Christian, when God surprised him with joy. And God wants to do that for you and God wants to do it for me. And so maybe this coronavirus is opening either your eyes or, or friends of yours' eyes or family members' eyes. But no matter what, God wants not only to open your eyes to him, he wants you to tune your ears into him. And so that's what the Jesus came for. That's what he died on the cross for. When he appeared to the disciples that first Easter and said, Shalom, when he says it to you and says it to me, it's for us right now. So we need to at all times, but, <clears throat> but especially in times of uncertainty, listen to him, listen to him. And this is how you're going to find certainty in an uncertain world. This is how you're going to find hope in a world that is so chaotic. God wants it for you. God wants it for me. Here's the question. Are you listening? Are you listening? See, God does call out to you. The Bible promises that he does. Uh, one place we're told that, that actually C.S. Lewis was referring to, is in Romans chapter 1, verse 18. Notice how it begins. But the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Now you need to know, while God is God of love, God is also angry. He's angry about sin. He's angry about hurtful things being done. He's angry about immorality. Because people get harmed. So, so God, out of love, gets that way. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. And why? We suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God, look at this, is evident within them. It, that means it's in your conscience. It's evident inside you. For God made it evident to them. He, God made it evident to you. The Bible promises in your conscience, God has spoken. God speaks. The Bible also warns that some people have seared their conscience. What does that mean? It means they, they have made their conscience uh, uh, have an inability to move them or speak to them out of repression or suppression or being so involved in things that are so immoral and wrong. To them, they're not even wrong anymore. I want to go back to that Job 33 and notice what it says though. Indeed, God speaks once or twice, yet no one notices it. And then it goes on to say some ways that God speaks. He speaks in a dream, a vision of the night, when sound sleep falls on men while they slumber in their beds. Then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. Why? Look why God does this, that he may turn man from his, aside from his conduct and keep man back from pride and he keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from passing over into Sheol. This is another word for hell, for death and hell. And you know what God says? He said, I speak. I speak once. I speak twice. Are you listening? He said, but I always do that. Why? To call you to something better, to call you away from that which is bitter, to call you to life that is meaningful and incredible and, and, and not be caught up in things that aren't good. Some of you right now, you know, you're living in that and praise God. Others of you right now, the marriage that's a mess doesn't have to be. The family that's so filled with dysfunction doesn't have to stay that way. Hurtful things happening in your life, addiction and, and fear and, and anxiety. God's saying, come away, come away, come away. And even that incredible, incredible thing that weighs on so many called depression. God wants to begin to walk you to a place where that's not true of you. It's a journey, 
but God wants to get you there. And so I want you to know that God speaks giving you instruction. That's what he said. I'll actually guide you. By the way, not just away from the bad things. I'll begin to show you what to do with your life, choices you need to make. Some of you right now are wondering, well, what about my job? What about should we stay? Should we move? Come to God first and let him guide you and let him tell you. Because God speaks to keep you from harm. And, and now going back to Easter, we're going to go into the day before that night that they were all sh sheltering in. We're going to go into the day that now two men are journeying and walking down a road like I did in Abilene, Texas. These two men were now in the midst of uncertainty. Just a week before, things could not have been more certain. Uh, things could not have been more known. By the way, let's try to relate to that. How many of you a month ago, man, you had your life all planned out and now you're not sure. They had their life all planned out and everything was going their way. And then it changed because they were following Jesus, believing that Jesus was uh, about to bring a claim and victory like never before. It was Palm Sunday. They were cheering for him. Now it's a few days later and Jesus is dead. And they can't believe it. How do they go from such a high, high to such a low, low? And these two men are walking on a road together, filled with anguish and sadness, talking about it. Just like a lot of us have sit out in our living room at night and turn on the news and sit and talk about this coronavirus for the thousandth time and, and, and just going over again and again what's happening. And it's in Luke chapter 24 that we pick up what's going on. And it says, and behold, two of them, were going that very day to a village named Emmaus. They were on the road to Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were walking with each other or, or talking with each other about all these things that had taken place, about Jesus being betrayed and beaten and tortured and, and crucified and dying and buried. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached because he's risen. This is Easter. He's risen and began traveling with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Again, by the way, how many times are our ears not listening to God and our eyes not seeing what God has for us? These men had that happen too. And he said to them, what are these words that you're exchanging with one another as you're walking? And they stood still looking sad, like, are you kidding me? And the sadness set in deeper. The sadness was stronger. And one of them named Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened in these days? Again, talking about Jesus being crucified. And he said to them, what things? Jesus said to them, what things are you talking about? And they said to him, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word in the sight of God and in all the people and how the chief priests and all the rulers delivered him to the sentence of death. They crucified him. But we were hoping, don't miss these words. We were hoping. We were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel they, they free Israel, get Israel back to their place that they all hoped it would go because now they're in subjugation to Rome. How could they get back? And, it, and, and he was going to be the one to do it. We were hoping, we were hoping that there, a redemption would come. People would be saved. People would be free. Lives would be better. We were hoping. And it goes, indeed, 
Besides all of this, it is the third day since these things happened. Now, by the way, these guys have been told by Jesus directly on the third day, I'll rise from the dead. They never believed he'd die. They certainly didn't believe he'd rise from the dead. And so now what happened is they're in the midst of walking on the road with him and they hit those words, we were hoping, we were hoping, we were hoping. What they thought was so certain now is uncertain. Life as they knew it was over. Some of you again can identify that. A month ago, things were one way. Now they're another. What's coming your way? What were you hoping for? These two men lost hope. They lost hope. And yet what they were hoping for was right in front of them. That's what I want you to listen. Some of you, it's right in front of you too. It's right near you. It's here. Uh, These two guys were looking at the hope. It was right there. They just couldn't see it so much better. Life going to be so much amazing. And I've seen this be true for so many people. So many people, what they're hoping for is right in front of them. It's a prayer away. And what do I mean by that if you're brand new? Prayer is where we talk to God. And and remember, the Bible says he's calling out to you. Are you ready to call out to him? Are you ready to pray? It's a prayer away. You could have a life that's better. You could have a life that's better. Not easier, but better. And you know what? This may be true for you. Some of you right now, you know what? Jesus is standing there and you're filled with a lot of anxiety and fear. You start to wonder, am I getting sick? Am I getting sick? Anybody else doing that? Hey, how many of you, you know, right now, you know, you coughed and you're like, no, am I getting it? Or, you know, you get the stuffed up nose. By the way, it's, it's allergy season of all time. So wonder if you have the coronavirus, right? And, and how many of us do that? Maybe right now you've had a moment where you think, can I smell or not smell? I think that's one of the most intriguing parts of this, this virus is that so many people lose their ability to smell. And so you go, I wonder, I wonder if anybody else do that and you kind of walk around going, I, I, I'm getting achy or maybe someone you love says that or that, that they, you start to think, are you, do you have the fever and, and, and just so much anxiety can set in in that moment. So it's the fever, but it could be the finances. Right now you might think, man, my, my work's freezing me. No pay. Um, some of you, my hours are getting cut back. Some of you are like, I've never had to do this before, but I'm, a, I'm filing for unemployment and it's hard. It's hard. And you know what you need? You need Jesus. You need Jesus. When you wonder, how am I going to make it? How am I going to take care of my family? How am I going to take care of myself? You need Jesus. And what you need is Jesus. Um, in February, um, I invited Julie Wilson to come to Crossroads so I could interview her. You could go back and watch this. Julie, uh, her husband made national news for something not, not good. Jared, an incredible pastor with so much promise, completed suicide. He died. He was gone at his own hand. And uh, Julie's young. Julie has two little boys. It was a horrific moment. And I'm asking Julie, how did you handle it? How did you handle it? So she begins to tell, you could go watch the interview. But here's one thing that Julie said. She goes, one thing that I was not afraid of, I was not afraid that God would not take care of me and my children. That was never on my mind. That was never a thought. And then she said something to me and I I loved her resilience. She said, Chuck, I have been poor and I know you can be poor and make it as long as you have Jesus. By the way, some of you right now need to hear that. 
She said, you know, I know what it's like to be poor. I have been poor and I knew I can make it. I've known how to make it as long as I have Jesus. Money is not what she needed. Jesus is what she needed. And that's what gave her assurance. Right now, you need to know that he's right in front of you. He rose on Easter. So we would not worship one who died, but we would live in a relationship with the one who lives. And Jesus is here for you. Jesus loves you. Jesus cares about you. He is near. Look what it says in Jeremiah. It says these words, am I not a God near at hand and not a God far off? God says, I'm near. You know, the hope you need is right there. It's a prayer away. It's right in front of you. And by the way, for all of us who are believers, more than ever, that's true. And these two men walking on the road to Emmaus with Jesus risen, Jesus right there, Jesus ready to pronounce shalom, peace. Why? Because now that he's risen, he'll never leave us. He'll never leave us. In Matthew, it says this in chapter 28. It says, lo, Jesus said, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Uh, that reminds me of a, a man who was on a plane and next to him was a nun. And, and so as, as the plane gets ready to taxi, she's beginning to freak out and he's looking at her and she gets out a rosary and, and she starts to mumble the prayers and, and he's watching her hands begin to shake and, and they're starting to head down the runway and she's getting more afraid and more afraid. And, and they finally, just after they're in the air a little bit, he looks at her and he says, sister, I got to tell you, I've never been afraid to fly, but you're freaking me out because if you're afraid and you know God, then I'm afraid. And she goes, well, I don't know what to do about that. He said, well, don't you believe God is here with you? Isn't God always with you? And, and he said, doesn't that promise that in the Bible? She says, well, in the Bible, it says, lo, I am with you always. <laughs> <Get it>? well, <laughs> hi, low. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, come on. Some of you got to get me on that one because no, no, my favorite part of preaching this way is I can have fun with it anyway. But here's the thing. He really is with you. He really is with you. And these two men, and you and I, we need Jesus. And so what happens is, is Jesus begins to talk with them more. He begins to talk about what happened at the tomb on that Easter morning and, and draw that out of him. So in Luke 24, it says this, but also they begin to tell Jesus, but also some women among us amazed us. When they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body, why there's no body, he's risen. They didn't find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. You guys, he's alive. He's alive. And it says, some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women all said, said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, oh, foolish men. Jesus goes, come on, guys. Oh, foolish men and slow of heart to believe. Now look what it says. All that the prophets have spoken. You know, one of the reasons I love to teach you from the prophets in the Old Testament and the New Testament even is it always comes true. And he goes, I want you to know that don't be slow, don't be foolish, believe all they've spoken. And one of the main messages they spoke is that the Messiah would come, live on this earth, die for our sins, and that he would rise again from the dead. And he did all of that. And he goes, was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? He said, this was all necessary. This was all prophesied. And then it goes, then beginning at Moses and with all the prophets, by the way, every single book of the Bible points to the fact Jesus would live, die and, and rise and, and overcome death. And most of the books tell he'll come back again, which we're going to talk about at another point. 
he explained to them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. So he said, you know where you're going to go to to understand what's going on? Is, is, is the Bible, Old Testament and New. So Jesus actually then only had the Old. And so he began to reveal in the Old Testament things they needed to know, things they needed to hang on to. And so you and I need to do that too. And what they would find out is it's a story of everlasting, unending love. Wow. That God did all of this because of love. That God did all this because of love. And that he would so love the world and does so love the world that he gave his only begotten son who died on a cross so that you and I, if we would believe in him, do not have to perish. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to be ruled by the times we live in. The new normal can be a great normal for you if you know Jesus. And so we can live in that and he would bring everlasting life and everlasting love and something else. He would give you identity. He'd give you purpose. Why? Remember, because the Bible tall, I showed it to you. He instructs us. We know his voice and that loving voice instructs us on what we do, how we live, where we go, what our purpose is. You have a purpose. You have a valuable purpose in these days. And, and you need to know that. So what happened is Jesus now is about to reveal himself to them. And so it goes, as they approached the village where they were going, they were almost to Emmaus. And he acted as though, now don't miss this. He acted as though he was going further. So they're walking up, they're getting ready to turn. Jesus is just gonna keep on going by. He's just gonna keep on going by. They still don't know who he is yet. And notice what goes on to say next. It says, and they urged him. They're like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. They urged him saying, stay with us. Stay with us. Boy, this is one of the best moves they can make is to urge him, come be near us, come be with us. For it is getting toward evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. I want you to know something. The Lord will never force himself on you or anyone. The Lord will never force himself on you or anyone. The way Jesus worked then and the way he works today is you need to call out. He's, he's ready to come near. The Bible says, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. But you've got to be willing to call out to him. And, and he never ever is going to force his way on you. Uh, I want to go away from the resurrection story back to another time that the apostles, the friends of Jesus, were in the midst of a storm. They did not know he was the Messiah yet. Their eyes had not been opened to who he really was. They knew something was going on. And these guys, most of whom are fishermen, are on a boat in a storm and they're, they're about to lose it. They're about to capsize. They're about to go under. They, they, they're filled with fear. They're trapped in fear. And Jesus, Jesus comes to them walking on the water. Don't miss that. And I want you to notice what happens. It's in Mark chapter six, verse 48. Uh, 48. It says, so seeing them straining at the oars, Jesus can see them when they didn't know he could see them. Jesus can see you when you don't know he can see you. For the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, late into the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Now notice this. And he intended to pass them by. Just like on the road to Emmaus, he was going to keep on going and they had to urge him to come. Now he is, he's walking on water. He's the hope they need. He's the, the, the answer they need, but he, he's going to go right by them if they don't call out to him. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and they cried out for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and he said to them, take courage. It is I do not be afraid. By the way, some of you need to know that. Take courage. 
He's real. You don't have to be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them and the wind stopped and they were utterly astonished. You know what? He would have passed them by. He would have passed them by. I, I don't know if you like uh, MC Hammer. Uh, come on, guys. I like MC Hammer. Uh, I, I really, you know, I want you to know you can't touch this. <laughs> can't, can't. Okay. Um, all right. Anyway, MC Hammer uh, did a song uh, called Don't Pass Me By. It's based on an old hymn. And, and the song talks about the fact, I don't want the Lord to pass me by. I don't want the Lord to pass me by. And, and we need him. We need him in the morning. We need him in the night. I just don't want the Lord to pass me by. And you need to know that if you don't call out to him, if you don't say, Lord, come near, that he's going to pass by, not because he doesn't love you, but because you've got to choose. You have to choose to follow him. You have to choose to give your life to him. You have to choose to be his. And these two guys made the right call. He was going to go on by. And they said, no, come stay with us. Come. And it says they urged him. They, they said it so clearly. That's what's happening on Easter, the first Easter. They urged him. And in Luke 24, verse 30, it says this. When he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, breaking it, and he began giving it to them, just like he did that Passover, the very first communion. And then their eyes were opened. They're like, as soon as, it's him. It's him. And they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. I think that's so cool. <clears throat> and they said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? By the way, even today, when you read the Bible, if you open up to Jesus, he'll explain the scriptures to you. You're gonna experience something special happening that way whenever you do that and read your Bible. <clears throat> but what happened is he began to talk to them. He began to say, all that you've hoped for and more is gonna happen. Remember, they said those words, we were hoping you would redeem Israel. And he began to explain, I'm gonna redeem Israel, but not just Israel, the whole world. I'm gonna, anybody who will call out to me on any place, any nation, any tribe, any tongue, any ethnicity, they're all gonna be mine. So it gets bigger and better than you thought. And he would offer redemption to the whole world. And it wasn't just redemption. He said, I'm gonna give love. I'm gonna love people so that they can be filled with love, you and I. Man, you need love more than anything else. Then he said, on top of that, I'm gonna give everybody the Holy Spirit. Anybody who believes in me and, and loves me, I'm gonna fill them with my Holy Spirit. You can have that too. And you and I need to live in that power too. And then he goes even further. And on top of that, it gets better. They're gonna be adopted by God the Father. See, God only has one begotten son, but he has many children by adoption. But again, you have to choose to be adopted. Then he becomes your Abba father. So he's just not some God out there. He's your dad. The word Abba is daddy. He's your dad. And he wants you to have that relationship with him. And, and not only that, he's gonna give you a mission and give you a purpose and give you something to live for that matters. And on top of that, the fear of death will be gone. No more fear of death. Well, I don't want to be foolish right now. Let me just tell you, I know 100%. On more than one occasion in my life, I've almost died. I did not fear death. Right now, I don't fear death. Um, I'm not going to be foolish, and I don't want to be someone who spreads the virus. But if I get it, you guys, I just go to heaven sooner. Uh, by the way, um, I don't know what will happen to me a week from now, a month from now. But I want to say this. Man, I, I got to say, I'm not afraid to go to heaven. Why? There's no fear of death and heaven's better. And so while we don't want to rush getting there, we know that's true. 
In Hebrews, it tells us something. This was written after Jesus had risen. It says, therefore, since the children share in the flesh and blood, Jesus himself likewise also partook of the same. He came in the form, he was God, but he came in the form of a man in flesh and blood that through the death he, that he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Jesus said, I want to take away the power the devil has in so many people's life because they're afraid to die. And he said, I might free those who through the fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. Right now, right now, some people are realizing how enslaved they are because they're afraid of getting sick and they're afraid of dying. Now, again, you don't want to rush this. Every day God wants you to live, you live with purpose but you should never be afraid to die if you're a Christian. Now, if you're not a Christian, I think you should be. But if you're a Christian, a follower of Christ, you don't have to be afraid to die. Why? Because we don't actually die. The minute you give your life to Jesus, eternal life starts now, not, not later. And when you shut your eyes and open them in heaven, you just go to a better place. You just go to a better place. And God always, always, always wants to call out to you to something better, but you don't want him to pass you by. You don't want him to get around you. You want, don't want to cower in your house and not have him appear and say shalom and give you peace. And God begins to do things in you that are incredible and amazing. In Ephesians 3.20, it says this, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power, that's that Holy Spirit power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. And so what God has promised is that you and I can live this life that's beyond description and beyond imagination where we experience him and his love. But what you need to know is he has it for you. He has it for you. And the Bible says he stands at the door and he knocks. Will you open or you let him turn away? Revelation 3, I want to have you guys see that. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone, if this is for anybody. Now, the Lord knows you by name. The Lord cares for you. The Lord loves you. So if anyone hears my voice, do you hear that voice calling out to you? It may be saying you're going to go into some unknown, but it's going to be better. And opens the door. I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. This word dine is the word for the evening meal. We're going to have dinner together. In other words, it's going to be a very real relationship. We're going to have dinner together. We're going to sit and be together. We're going to live life together. I'm going to give instruction to you. But you got to open up. You got you to open up. You got to hear my voice and open up. For all of you who know the Lord, he's risen. For those of you who are brand new to all this, I want you to know that he, Jesus couldn't love you more than he does. He loves you and he's calling out to you. He's calling out to you. Maybe it's a whisper. Maybe it's just a feeling in the midst of this moment. Some of you right now, this is your time. Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. Would you open up to me? Would you open up to me? Because he is alive. He is risen and he's come to show you love and life and purpose. And right now I want to invite you. If you've never committed your life to Christ to open up to him. Don't let him pass you by. Urge him by praying to come be with you, to commit your life to him, to ask for forgiveness of your sins, freedom from anything that's got you in bondage, shame, guilt, maybe an addiction, maybe fear, maybe, maybe right now there's something else and you want to be free. Maybe it's anger, a grudge, a wound. Ask him to free you from that and he will. 
The Bible says if you would pray that prayer of commitment, you would be a brand new creation and you would live life with Jesus. So don't let him pass you by. Don't let him pass you by. Some of you need to recommit your life to the Lord. You know what? He loves you. He's always wanted you back. He would never turn you away. You need to recommit your life to Christ right now by praying this prayer. And so what we're going to do in a moment, I'm going to lead a prayer. And if you're ready either to commit or recommit your life to Christ, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. I'm going to ask you actually to whisper the words, but I want you to do something else. I want you right now, if you're going to pray this prayer with me, let's do this so that it's more real. Let, let's do this so it has more power. Get out your phone. Get out your phone and open up to your text. And I want you to go to your text area. And, and what I want you to do right now is have a brand new text where you text amen. And here's what to 69922. So in the two section, put those numbers 69922 and then put amen. And then we're going to pray the prayer. And when we're done praying the prayer, I want you to hit send and send out the amen to us. And we're going to get back to you. And we want to know who you are. Uh, why? Because we love you. We care about you. We want to be able to get some things to you to show you an incredible way to live with God. But something happens when you pray this prayer and call out to God. The word amen uh, actually means the truth or truly. It means this is real. It means I mean it. I mean it. So right now I'm going to ask you to text that. So, so get it ready. By the way, you could pray this prayer on your own. You could pray it uh, as, a, as a couple, uh, you can pray with your roommate, with your family. We had a whole family pray this, like that God, and they said, you know, we're going to do this together. Now's the time. And you hit that. And, and you know, here's the key. God loves you. God cares about you. So I'm going to ask you to text amen to us. I'm going to ask you to say yes as you say this prayer. And, and, and this is for you. And this is for you. And we care about you. So let me pray for you. And then I'll lead you in that prayer. Let's pray right now. My Father in heaven, our Abba Father, the one who loves us. I pray for people here and all over this country and all over the world who, Lord, you're calling out to them. And, and you, Lord, I don't want you to pass them by. I don't want them to let you pass them by. So I pray that they would be ready to open their hearts to you, commit their lives to you. I pray they can sense your presence now. Maybe they're feeling you, maybe in their conscience, maybe in their mind, there's a voice. But God, I, I pray in this moment, they're not gonna let this go on. And on this Easter of 2020, they're about to say yes and, and come into a relationship with you that's filled with love and life and peace. Some of them need peace so badly. Uh, right now there's a man, he, he knows it. He is so filled with worry. He is so afraid. He doesn't even like this. He, he wants to be done with the feelings of fear. And now he can be in a way that gives him life and gives him hope that'll be realized. There's somebody out there right now that thought, I have no clue what to do. They were actually thinking it. I, I have no clue what to do. And this is actually what they need to do. This is an answer they didn't know would be the answer they need. There's a couple out there that, man, they're getting in fight after fight as they're locked in. It's time for love instead. It's time for a change to happen. And the man who's so filled with anger that he at times has people afraid just on an edge because he's so ready to explode. Lord, I pray he's now going to release that and open up his heart to you. So I pray for people right now all over who need to pray this prayer and they need to say yes to you. And so Lord, I pray they will. I pray they will. I'm about to lead that prayer and then I'm gonna ask you to text amen. Get ready. Pray this prayer with me. Pray it with me. 
Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me and I know you died on the cross for me and you died for my sins. I pray you'll forgive me and you'll cleanse me from all my sin. I pray you'll fill me with your love. Fill me with your spirit. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and from pain. I pray you'll free me from anything that's holding me back. But I pray most of all, you'll make me yours. Please take me now and make me yours and make me alive and make me brand new. And then say these words, say, so I say yes to you. Say that. If you haven't said anything else, say, I say yes. I say yes to you. And I say yes to the life you have for me. And this I pray in Jesus' name. And ready? Ready? Amen and sin. Amen and sin. And amen and sin. And, and, you know, praise God. Praise God for all of you who prayed that prayer. Praise God for every one of you who now are saying yes to God. Uh, Forty-some of you just now have sent that in right away. And I praise God for each and every one of you. Keep sending it in, and we want to get back to you. When we get back to you, please get back to us with the information so we can get you things to help you. And then I have one last closing thought I want to tell you about right now. Uh, in the Bible, the first thing anybody did after they committed their life to Christ is they got baptized. They got baptized. And so what I want you to know is they didn't go to a class. Uh, they got baptized, and this is the key, knowing what they were doing and, and choosing it for themselves. They were making the choice to do it. And then they got baptized. And the word baptized means to immerse. Uh, it actually is a, the, a Greek word, baptizo, which means to dip, submerge, or plunge, to go completely under. And the Bible says when someone gets baptized, they're buried with Christ and raised to walk in a new life. And so, you know what? We do that here all the time. But now we want to do it in a more incredibly special way. We want to have baptisms take place all over the world, here in California, all over this country, all over the world. And you're going to have to do it on your own, except we want you to be with us in it. And we want to be with you in it. So here's what I want to say. All of you who need to be baptized by your choice, knowing what you're doing, I want you to text amen to 69922. Text amen to 69922. And then we're going to get you information on baptism, even a video you can watch that shows you how to baptize. And then when you do it, I want to ask you to do this. Either take a picture or a video. Uh, it might be you in a spa, you in a pool, you in a bathtub. <laughs> If you're in a bathtub, we're close. We're close in the picture, but <laughs> I'm kidding. But, but we really want the picture. So we're going to ask you to, to share the time of baptism in a very special way. It'll be powerful as we get you information on it and then text us back uh, or send us back that picture. So if you want to be baptized, text AMEN to 69922. And then we want to get back with you and have you connect with us. Why? Because you matter. Why? Because we love you. Why? Because there's so much that God has for you. So I want you to know this as we close. Happy Easter. And may you be filled with the love of God. May the power of the resurrection be real for you. And may you walk with the one who wants to love you more than you can imagine. Go with God and stay safe. Happy Easter. God bless you.